Welcome back to another episode of the Buddhist Millionaire Podcast. I've got some good news. This morning, I woke up to uh, the info that Buddhist Millionaire in Brazil made it to number two, sitting right next to one of my favorite Buddhist teachers. So uh, that's good news. I mean, I don't want to get all competitive about this because he's a Buddhist, but I wouldn't mind <clears throat> shoving him off the number one spot. But don't tell him I said that. Um, another thing, I found this great thing. You know this podcast is powered by coffee. It's all I can do to keep going. I found this great thing called, uh, what's it called? Buymeacoffee.com. It's kind of like a Patreon site. So if you like what I'm doing, buy me a coffee. The link is going to be uh, underneath this cast. That's it. That's all the promos we've got today. I'm actually really excited about today because today's guest, I don't know very well. Right? And in fact, okay, I have to admit this. I may have been guilty. In fact, I really was guilty of being <clears throat> rude. Right? Now, I'd, I'd caveat this slightly because I'm not a complete ass, but I get a ton of people trying to sell me stuff, right? Cool. So this guy, and I'll introduce him in a second. This guy messages me on Instagram, or I, I get an, inst I, I, you know, these Instagram things where you do something and you get this message back and you think it's automated from, I don't know, from some system. So I always answer it, assuming it's a machine, right? Telling me that it wants to either sell my book or my podcast or, you know, anything, right? So I'm in between chapters. So I get, I, I kind of flash back this answer as I would a machine, you know, I'm not putting love and kisses on it and stuff. <laughs> and it turns out I start this conversation with, with someone I realized is quickly human. So I, I kind of go, oh, hang on. So I go through, I want to tell you some of the things we were, it, it was messaging from this, uh, it was a podcast, it was a, it's a, a site, which we'll speak about. It was a site that promotes podcasts. And of course, I've got a podcast. So, you know, so he, he obviously targeted me. Anyway, so we went back and forth until I realized it's a real, a real guy. Yeah. And back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it turns out that some of the things this guy is doing, I love. Now, the stuff he's working on um, is tricky stuff to do. But just his attitude made me go, he's a Buddhist millionaire. This is absolutely Buddhist millionaireship. Whether he's a Buddhist or making a million is completely irrelevant. You know my idea about Buddhist millionaires. So I said, hey, will you come on the show? And he said, yes, I will. So I am delighted to introduce Bilal from Firenze. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, Matt, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thanks I'm definitely so not a robot, reason. by the way, guys. This is like this is just a, this is another establishing point. Like this is, I think this is another check to make sure that there was an actual yeah, yeah. human. This is, the, this is the last sales check. I'm buying as long as he comes on. We actually yeah. see him from somewhere. But interestingly, though, yeah. um, because of course, in the in the tech world, I mean, you, you essentially are. I mean, I think we can describe that, a tech entrepreneur, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I would say doing. so. Yeah, that's right. And so. And, and in, in that world, there is a lot of automation. As, as, I, as I said, I get a load of these things. And then when I um, answered back and then you got back to me and I realized, I was like, wow, that's amazing. But what inter in, interested me even more was, and I'm going to read this to our listeners. I'm not going to go through the whole thread. That's between you and me. But there are two particular posts, right? I basically tried out your site, which is still developing, and then you asked us some feedback and I gave you some feedback. And as you know, I'm fairly blunt, not rude necessarily, but I, you know, I need, need you to know. 
And you said, here we go, and I'm going to read this. This is for you guys listening. It said, I appreciate your honesty and thanks for helping uh, us with this pre-launch. I know exactly what happened and we're going to fix it. Fine. I'm going to, this, this I love, I'm going to work tireless, tirelessly, tirelessly to ensure we get a bug-free version out. When it's ready, I'll give you a shout. Can you talk more about your needs? We'll prioritize them and try to make the best podcasting platform we can. So already I'm thinking, this is a guy who's interested in quality. And then it, then it was this one, right? Um, I said, I'm sorry if I came across as quite rude. Uh, and you said, no, no, no problem. That's okay. I really want as much negative feedback as possible. And it helps a lot. This, this is the thing. This is the thing. This startup, as in your startup, is, has been completely bootstrapped by me. And because it's so technically complex, it's been so difficult to make it work. Unfortunately, there's still uh, things going wrong, but we're getting there. I cannot tell you, man, how much I love that attitude. I mean, oh my god, what, yeah. What were you? You're gonna, you're gonna. I, I don't know where you are right now, but you are gonna be super um, successful with that attitude. Talk to me about that. Where, where, how have you got that level of kind of? I'm going to make this work. I, I think it's to do with something to do with faith and determination. Like I had, I had, I've always had faith in myself and faith in what I'm doing. And then when, when things don't pan out, like I wanted them to do, you know, uh, I, I had to make sure that it was successful. I'm never actually aiming for failure, even though I embrace it when it comes, I'm always aiming for success. And when I don't get it, I think very logically about why, why is this thing not successful? So when someone says they don't want to use it or they don't want to pay for it, or it's, it's, there's a bug here and there straight away, I think, okay, first of all, that's, that's like my responsibility. That's no one else's responsibility. It's not like I should have said to you, oh, you're doing it wrong when you're, do mm. when you're doing everything you should have done. So I, I just think about how it's my responsibility essentially. And then it's my determination that makes me go past all the sort of emotional things that happen in the, in that moment, which definitely yeah. do happen. Um, where you're thinking to yourself, oh no, I've just, I've lost a customer. Someone's not happy with my work. I go past that and I think, okay, I need to, I, I, I need to just separate that emotional side from, from the logical side about what's going wrong here and then try and fix it. And, and that's, that's sort of my approach. So that's why I say, you know, tell me all the negative feedback because, um, and it's, 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 a, it's a little bit banal because like, you know, everyone says, oh, I, I want to, I want to hear the, the bad. Well, maybe people don't say that. Maybe they should say that. But, mm. you know, I, I, I really do want to embrace everything that's going wrong because, you know, it's the knowledge of what's going wrong, which is actually going to help me get better. It's um, I mean, you say that easily because it's clearly easy to do that. But that is an incredibly taking that level of responsibility and taking that on the chin is an incredibly rare feat. I've been around kind of business and obviously martial arts a long time. And for people to stand up and go, oh, this is wrong, is rare. It's really, really rare, man. So, I mean, you sound quite young. How, not that it matters particularly, but just out of interest. How old are you? Yeah, I am young. I'm, I'm 25. I'm 25, so turning 26 in about, turning 26 in a month. So Same age yeah, as still, my daughter. Yeah. Same age as yeah. my daughter. Wow. So, I mean, that, I mean that's, that's a great attitude. I don't know if you remember a while back, there was, um, you remind me of a guy... I can't remember his name. He was on Dragon's Den and he had this teddy, right, that he pitched with a TV in it, which had, I think it's called iTeddy or something like that. Anyway, he was one of the first to get the deal. But I, I met with him and he was, uh, I interviewed him, not for the podcast then, just for, uh, for another book. And very similar, young guy, happy to take feedback um, and, and has gone on to do kind of massive things. So what have you done? What are you doing at the moment? What are you working on? Tell us. 
Um, at the moment, it's at the moment it's friends. So it's the podcast platform that we just talked about, and I'm trying to make that bug-free version happen. And of course, like I'll get a bug-free version, and then I'll try to make an update, like a feature update, and then uh, the feature update would involve more bugs. So then I have, have to crush them a little bit. So uh, yeah. my number one goal at the moment is to to, to get enough revenue to hire um, a full-time tech team. That's that's basically okay. my my immediate goal. Uh, so my efforts are both on the bug fixing kind of side and making sure the bugs are fixed and also on the promoting side which is of course you know what you've what you've what you've uh, what you've come across with the instagram dms and the instagram posts that we do every single every single day um that's that's sort of more the promoting side so it's just about slowly getting towards making this platform the best podcasting platform it can be i'm not the one thing i particularly like about friends is that you um it 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 uh, transcribes, doesn't it? So actually people with learning difficulties, I have a few friends with learning difficulties and it does that. So you can, not only can you put your podcast into various languages, also people who, who can't hear can start to, can start to read it. I think that's, that's a great idea, man. I, I love that idea. Yeah, so it's all thanks. It's it's all about you know trying to make information as accessible as possible. And with podcasts, it's 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 very it's like the most inaccessible format at the moment because it's just an audio file and and search engines or social media or just anybody doesn't actually know what's inside that audio file. It's just it's just an audio file. Wow. And by indexing it through transcriptions, you know exactly what's inside there, and that opens up a whole world of you know translations, like you said, into different languages, which I know you're big on because you know the Brazil, your book's been translated into loads yeah. of different languages. Yeah. It's so important to reach a wider audience of people, but also the people with like like you said, people with with difficulties. You know whether they've got hearing problems or or learning difficulties, having the text there really does help you understand what a person's saying. And also it helps it. It's sort of like, I, I like the analogy of when you're at school and you've got a textbook in front of you and, and the teacher's reading out the textbook with you. So you think mm. they're like, you know, open the page to 75 and we're going to read through it and they read it through you. And it's some, it's sort of like someone's teaching you something. Yeah. Um, and that's the sort of vibe that we get sometimes on friends when you're listening to something that's clearly educational and you're reading along with it at the same time. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's yeah, that's, that's interesting because uh, my my wife is um, an early years teacher, so teaches the little ones. But my point there, one of the big parts of me as a as an author, storytelling is massive, and actually reading along. I mean, we've all been in those circles, right, where our parents or our teachers have read to us, and we're sort of we're looking at it, and, we're, and it, it is just it's really important. It's sort of kind of three Ds the experience slightly, doesn't it? It's it's, it's really interesting. Definitely, definitely, uh, storytelling is just it's fantastic. I know you touched on it before because you were writing what nonfiction books, uh, the nonfiction book before, and then you you're, you're going into fiction now. Yeah, and, I'm on my third you know, every... novel now. It's a different. Oh, that's base. so impressive. Wow, well, so I, cool. I didn't say they're any good yet, but uh, I've done. I've, 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 I've <laughs> no, even even <laughs> finishing it is. I, I think you can admit finishing something like this is is definitely you know a feat. Um, because so many people have wanted to, to 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 write and things like this, but they never actually reach the finishing line or even you know past the fifth page. That that's um, really true. Yeah. That's common, isn't it? People wanting to do stuff, and I and I would imagine that's the same with you. You must have a million friends or people you've spoken to who you went to school and college or uni with or whatever whatever you did who who go I'm going to start a, a big business or a tech business what is the how have you made it happen what would you say for people who, who are going to make that jump how do you do it um I would say I I I, I was surrounded by people who were brave 
you know, whether it's family members, but also I've, I've, I've tried to read things of people who were brave in the past, who okay. were just courageous. You know, I think I, I think I sent you my reading list at some point because your book was on there. And it's I'm trying to instill bravery in myself as much as possible. And this is not something that just happens. And then suddenly I'm brave. It's like I need to keep being fed in information of or, or stories of other people being brave. So then I can do the same. So for me, you know, I even though I had people who were brave, I definitely had pretty much all the time opposition to what I was doing. And uh, we, we can go well, into more of I my read story. that reading list out. I've just found it on my phone. Do you mind? Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, of course. Of so course we've you got can, a few yeah. here. Look at this. This was the last sentence of some of his reading list. I was, we got Will in the World, How Shakespeare Became Shakespeare, Napoleon, A Life, In the Name of Rome, The Man Who Won the Roman Empire, Tycoons, How Andrew Carnegie, John D. Rockefeller, Jay Gould, J.P. Morgan, uh, invested, invented the American super economy, the bookseller of Florence, it goes on. It's an impressively, oh, of course, there, there's the best one. How, <laughs> what's, what's this dude? How to be a Buddhist millionaire, nine practical steps. Anyway, but, but it's impressive. It out. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> an impressive list though. That is, and I, I think, I mean, as an author, um, books open the whole world, but you still have to read them, right? You still have to make mm. the effort to read them. That's so true. That's so true. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried, actually, because I feel like I, I don't know 100 percent, but the, the younger generation have such a short attention span because they're mm. you know, we're moving from long form YouTube videos to Instagram, IGTV, like 10, 20 minute videos to now TikToks, which are 20 seconds long. And even this is reflected in the sort of social media algorithms. The ones that perform the most are the ones that are the shortest in length. Um, so I, I really I've do seen that with YouTube shorts. I, I, I literally was oh, reading yeah. something about three days ago on YouTube shorts. And one of my friends saying the same thing. He got all these hits on his, was it 30 seconds or maybe less? And then nothing on his long one. I know it's wild, right? But that's an attention span. It is. It's an attention span thing. Exactly. And it's, and it's just, it's very, very weird. Like I've seen, there's, there's some things that I've seen over the last few years where people are like, you know, when you're watching TV, like a TV program and, people have their phone on while watching the TV. And I, I'm not going to say who said this to me because I don't want to like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, throwing shit on people. I just, uh, the, the person said to me, you know, I can't watch the TV without having TikTok on yeah. my phone. Yeah, yeah, And it was, I was, I was just like, it's like, it's like a little thing, like something that's annoying them when they don't have their phone out at the same time. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening with the attention, attention span these days, but I totally agree. Books have been just so important to me because they're always like refilling all that inspiration that I need um, to, to keep me going, you know? And so, so it was, it was these kind of things that sort of pushed me forward because I had lots of opposition and I could have so easily succumbed to it. Um, but the reason why I didn't was because I, there's, there's two, there's two main answers I'd give. One is the bravery side to it, but the other one is something that sort of always encourages me to be brave in these circumstances. And, ex and that's to do with explaining why I'm doing what I'm doing. Okay. And I would never like be able to do that. Meaning and purpose, really. Yeah. Meaning and purpose. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about like, you know, really asking yourself the question, why do I actually want to do this? You know, I've heard people say, okay, I so badly want to move to X country. And I've asked them why, what, you know, why, why you want to move there? That's cool. But why you do you know why? And they said, no, I, just, I never thought about it. I just decided. It, and it could have been something as small as just seeing a photo of, of a place and deciding, you know what, I want to move there. But I think that's not enough. I think you need to really, really figure out why, you, why you're doing what you're doing. That's a great point. Conscious. That's a superb point. Actually conscious decision making in my first book i don't know if uh, this isn't a book plug i'm just now chatting about where no, no, of course, came yeah. from. it came from the hardest path the pilgrimage right and i think the first lesson um i discovered on that pilgrimage was that you've got to make the decision first before anything happens but before that you've 
you've got to think about what that decision is and conscious decisions, decision making. And I'm amazed. I'm the same as you. When you ask people, look, what do you want to do? Whatever it may be, whatever it may be, very few people can say, I want to do this for this reason. That's amazing. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I think we need to encourage that more because it, it, it would only serve to empower them. And then when someone asks them, why are you doing something? They Something that's odd, let's say, you know, something that's different, it's different from the normal path. Like you said, you know, escaping the rat race, for example, yeah. you know, the, the older generations and the older generations that I've come across, a lot of them tend to say you need to be stable because it, it could get rough and they have a, an amazing point there. Yeah. But if you want to explain why you, you want to try something different, you should you, you need to you know have some some weaponry at your arsenal so you can explain to them exactly why. And then they can't really refute it when it's something that's that's so embedded in your thinking. It's very hard to refute someone and say you shouldn't do that because it's like, OK, I'm sort of powerless here because this guy has all the answers to why he wants to do this. So that, that, those are the two main things, you know, I really did figure out why I wanted to do something. And that sort of helped cut out all the other stuff that I was thinking of doing, you know, because if you don't think about why the stuff that clutters up your thinking will make you just think you can do absolutely anything. And then that will yeah. make you do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. A thousand, lots of little bits, not quite finished. We spoke about that a little bit off air, didn't we, about um, uh, platforms. And one of the reasons, because uh, Early on in my, not in Buddhist Millionaire podcast, but in other things, I put it on YouTube and it was here and it was here. And I actually decided to do just a podcast in the end because of just what you say. Otherwise, my, I know it's easy to put on a platform, but my brain's on YouTube and then I check my stats here and I do this and I do that. And actually just to go on one thing. So can you share with us then, if you, if you can, like you're very clear, why are you doing what you're doing? Why have you picked this? What is your kind of meaning and your driver? Okay, so I've always been a very, very. I, I, I think. Well, you know what? I won't say that because I'm because I'll try and I'll try and like be as humble as I possibly can, actually, because I don't know what my abilities are yet. But I, I'm definitely the creative type of person, mm -hmm. and I love being creative. I don't really care for what I produce. Is it, well, I want what I produce to be good, but I'm driven by the creativity of it rather than necessarily. I, I, yeah. I completely agree with you. I, I'm the same with writing. I, I want, of course, I want publishers to take it, offer me a big deal and for readers to give me five star reviews. But I'm going to be writing it whether that happens or not. I, I agree. I'm the same as you, man. Exactly. Yeah, because we're, we're driven by the, the just just loving what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the whole idea of, you know, it's, it's, it's the fact that you're, you're, you've written like both nonfiction and, and fiction. It's the creativity. There's there's something within you that wants to create. And yes. I, I'm, I'm the same person. And, and you know, people are people are very different, you know, um, personalities where some people like like the logic side of it. People, some people like them, the maths behind it, the science behind what they're doing. They like the operation side of what they're doing. Like I've got a friend, for example, who's so, so good at coming into a business and completely transforming it. But he says, I don't have any business ideas of my own, but I'm so good at like coming into a business that's and figuring really, out all the mistakes. Really and they love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's yeah. so cool. I'm definitely not that per person now, and I don't have that, uh, that sort of skill set. I love, I love new ideas, which is why there's always a conflict in my head as in I've got a, something like a new idea or something that I want to pursue. But I, I know I try to force myself to stay focused on that one thing so I can, <laughs> so I don't, you know, sort of, you know, it can drive around. you a bit insane. I, I get it. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 you know, th that's, that's sort of, uh, but the, the, the reason why, why I do what I do is because of this creativity in me. In me. And the reason why I chose friends, for example, is because 
the idea started off and it's so interesting because you touched on this just before about how you're focusing on one thing and you wanted to do you know the the or you wanted to keep on audio and you wanted to keep it in one place so to speak so it's not scattered on youtube and here yeah i was driven the whole idea behind friends was to make information more accessible and my first initial way of doing that was i noticed how people had you know on, on when they're promoting on instagram or linkedin or wherever they're saying follow me on youtube okay follow me on tiktok follow me on instagram yeah. all right follow me on you know i've got a podcast follow me on that yeah. i've got an email list follow me on that check out my website and i was just yeah. realizing like there's so many places that you want someone to follow you on how are you going to achieve that if you've got one if you've got a fan you know you're lucky if i follow you in one place like yeah absolutely like, absolutely you right. know that it's so tough right to get everyone to follow you in, in one yeah place, man in it really places. is it really is i know and the investment to, to to get someone to do that to get them someone to follow the link in your bio and then and even the in the times isn't it even in the investment in the you know of course there's the actual hard cost if you do decide to go the advertising uh, advertising route but even in just posting here and posting there and posting it's 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 can be mind-numbing i know and so the, the other the other the, the other sad part of it is, is like it's a whole different skill set to actually figure out how to promote like let alone you know master your own craft yeah. you suddenly have to figure out how to promote as well um and i suppose that's all part of the grind you know maybe this something like this never has really maybe it's harder this time because the responsibility is all on ourselves a lot of the time but because i know in the past for example people had you know it, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going in different directions. Here, no, but, no, no, you know, go, go, because it's, it's fascinating. Anywhere you want to go, take it. Yeah, I, I know I know. In one of your past podcast episodes, you're talking about how important the financial side is and how we need to, you know, the bills are important, the, the stuff that we pay for. Money is like, it's not like it's completely irrelevant. It, it's, it's necessary. But in the past, you know, uh, I know like in the in the Renaissance period, for example, artists had patrons and they basically paid for them where they stayed, you yeah. know, because they were so rich. They would they would just sort all that stuff out so they could focus on their craft. And these days it's sort of it's, it's the direct opposite. We have to we start, you know, and this is cool, I, I suppose, because there's a hustle and a grind to it. Um, but we have to figure out how to a master our craft, but also at the same time, make sure people hear it because everybody's like uh create everyone's like an artist in some way these days which is cool because there's so many content creators out there even yes. if it's the general person posting on instagram it's they're still content creating mm. um so there's so much there's so, there's so much competition and it's it's more of like a survival of the fittest kind of thing and what one of the things i wanted to do was just simply make it easier for people to find their tribe find their listeners podcast listeners or find their their fan base and i found it just very very odd that to, to, to get there you have to use all these different like platforms and algorithms like one of the really weird ones was the youtube shorts that you mentioned there was some advice online which was like to get to get your your short or your tiktok or your reel um to to get lots of, to go viral you have to entice people within the first three seconds yeah. that's just like come on like that's that's very 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 hard you know if you're dancing then maybe that's okay that's all right it's, but it's, if you're it's old just... school tabloid headline isn't it you've got yeah. You've got literally, they walk past the free, you know, the Metro paper. Do they even, is the Metro still, got, oh, who knows? Am I like talking? It like, is, no, it is. It's okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not that. <laughs> but you walk past it and you, you've got what? What have you got? A second to get that headline. I mean, it's mm. old tabloid stuff, isn't it? And, and I saw it because when I first went on YouTube, one of my students, actually, my first black belt, she, uh, she works at YouTube. She does some good stuff out there. But when we met two or three years ago, I went up to the office and she was saying, okay, you need to be, uh, for, you, for the algorithm to, to you know, make your um, kind of content important or to prioritize it, it's got to be quite long. It was like 20 minutes or so. But look how that's changed. Look how that's changed with the shorts. It's a different beast. 
I mean, where are we going to go to? Is there going to be milliseconds next? <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. But, but yeah, but you're right, though, because everyone now can be a creator. Let me throw this at you because this is interesting. So you, you're what you say, 25. I'm what am I? 48. Right. So you could argue we're from completely different generations. I am still and this may be outdated, but I'd be fascinated to hear what you think. I am still of the belief quite a biblical belief, not, not, I didn't necessarily get it from biblical times, but build it and they will come. Actually, it's probably not even from the Bible. It's probably from some baseball movie. Build it and they will come, right? I am still of that belief. What, what do you think? Is that outdated or does it have to be a little bit more intelligent than that? I don't know, you know, because I do, I, I sort of have to say, I, I believe in the same thing. You know, if it's good enough, people will see. And I've always felt that about my product. So that's why, you know, with friends, when you told me the negative feedback, I was like, okay, I want to know as much as possible because I want it to be better because my uh, the way i saw it was it would grow through people referring to people because like everybody knows the, the 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 best way to sell something is for people to refer it to you most of the stuff around me now most of the stuff that i do zoom for example that we're using to you know to, to record this I, it was referred to me by somebody and yeah. having that sort of ethos that sort of you know that that reputation of someone telling me hey use this it's going to be good it just it, it makes me buy in a way that nothing else really makes me buy it does you know the instagram ad for zoom so to speak would it could have been amazing or oh, yeah. free video calling this kind of stuff but it wouldn't have had the same impact if someone said i want us to use zoom let's give it a try because i trust my friend i transfer that trust that I had with my friend to the product and then i try it and or, or if it's the book for example um now that being said, promotion without, you know, without being referred to still works. Like I, the Amazon page, for example, for your, for your book is just, it's very, very good. It, Amazon pages for books, they always help me, entice me to, to read a book, but I have to find out from it from somewhere. So I think referral marketing is definitely the key and people refer stuff that are, that is good. Um, and the biggest sign of a success of something that's just hit the, the right point of success and the right point of like perfection, so to speak, is when people start referring to it, re referring it to other people. So, yes, I 100 percent believe that the problem is, is it has to be very, very, very good. And to excel to that level, it's, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's going to be like one percent, you know, the top one percent. So. Yeah, master your craft, and I, I totally believe you know it will. You said, will, that, you'll find you said that twice now, and I love to hear that. Master your craft, because one of the things I I think I'm passionate about, and all the things I've done, I'm not I'm not talented or gifted in any shape or way, but I'm committed to mastering whatever craft I'm in at the moment. Before it was fighting, before that it was teaching tennis and teaching. Now it's it's writing. And I think one of the things that is gone with all the ability for so many people to create is they that it's it's all about the end rather than the journey of mastering your craft. That might be our savoring saving grace. Those who go, I'm going to master that. I am going to be that one percent who makes this so bloody good that I can't. You know, to uh, Cal Newport's book, so good you can't be ignored. Have you read that? Cal Newport's book. I I recognize the name though. I think I've seen his video about about you. Yeah, about have a look at it. There's a great book. So good you can't be ignored, or something like that. It's a yellow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that's the point. Mm -hmm. Actually, committing to your craft because that ultimately is the craftsman's journey, right? It's it is the journey is is more important than the destination, sort of cliche, but it's true. 
It's 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 completely true. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and I and I like his video. He's got a video where I think I came across that exact idea. Cal Newport, he's got this video that was viral on YouTube, which was something to do with, you know, uh, st stop using social media or something along those lines. Because I think he doesn't use social media much at all, but he he sort of embraces his own principles and lives them uh, yeah. because he his books are just are, are fantastic i've heard and i've just been referred referred to it again so maybe I, i'll definitely that, check it out that's, yeah. that's interesting of course it is absolutely because I, I made a few notes of what you said there and i i agree with you i think ultimately and again another saving grace to all this modern speed right and i feel a bit um kind of bad about saying that to a, <laughs> to, to a younger guy but all this, all this modern, <laughs> modern technology i think will still be saved by the fact that people want to connect right and that is essentially what word of mouth is. Two friends or family member getting, not, not necessarily down the pub, I'm not drinking, but whatever, whatever your local connecting thing is, right? Mm -hmm. And you say, oh, did you see this? Have you read this? Have you spoken to this person? And I do think, I don't think word of mouth will, will ever go away while there are still humans, my view. No, there's, there's no way, because it's just, it's the best way of, of uh, refer, it's, it's the equivalent of how like, a Facebook page that you might follow might share something and you might you might follow it but except it's not just like a Facebook page that you or, or an organization that you love it's actually a person that you know and you trust a lot because you you tend to trust people a lot more than than organizations um so 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 yeah I think I think the you know friends referring stuff is just it's, it's so important and most of the stuff that I use is stuff that's referred to me by friends um so if you're if you're that good then definitely you, you'll be okay so it depends on what path you want to take because even reaching that one percent it's extremely extremely hard like i was i was watching something by it was like a michael jackson interview or something something someone sent it to me and he was just saying you know the, the interview an interviewer was asking michael jackson what's one thing that you wish you could have done again after because his career was like almost finishing at that at that point you know uh, what would you do again what would you do differently and he said i would practice more but the, the interview was like you practice a hell of a lot apparently you know in your all your interviews you talked about how other people would be partying and you'll be in your hotel room practicing he was dancing. a consummate professional I, I used to i was a massive massive michael jackson fan that was absolutely my yeah. era and he was a yeah. he was a consummate professional he's unbelievable apparently yeah i mean i i, I was I, I i'm still a big fan of, of michael jackson and I, like you said, he's a consummate professional. So he would practice so much, but that was the thing that he'd said he wished he did more. He wished he practiced more. So the key to his success might've been, because we know how much he promoted. He promoted, you know, I, I just, images come to my mind of like the battle and there was like bad, bad posters everywhere. Obviously I wasn't around back then, but I've seen photos of it yeah. and it's just absolutely, absolute mania, but he still had the craft to match it. And if you, that, if you put, he's, he's, you're right. He is where, absolutely correct. He is where craft, met modern marketing now i don't know wow. I, I was i was probably younger than you i remember sitting around so they used to on as far back as thriller right he was the first that's my dog going mad my wife my wife so we'll let her we'll let her bark she'll be okay so when thriller was released he he made them as short films do you remember they were like 12 12 minutes or so and no one had yeah. ever done it and there was like this big premiere i remember sitting around with my family around the tv waiting and he did it with thriller um i, I don't know i can't remember the order but i'm going to say remember the time you know when the one where he was kind of in egypt uh yeah. of course it was bad but when you think about it he was doing what everyone's trying to do now with all that and he was that was 
uh, maybe maybe a good 12, 15 years before everyone else. That's amazing. It's pioneering, isn't it? It's, a, it's, it's an absolute pioneer. Someone who's done the, the standard music videos and decides, you know what, I've, I, I know what's going on there, but I want to go a bit further. And yeah. I suppose that's, that's exactly what happens when you're like so good at what you do. You do tend to push the limits a little bit more. Um, wow, that's, that's such a powerful idea. Uh, whether yeah, it's anyone, writing. It went from what, four minutes to 12 minutes. I, I, I'm guessing, yeah. uh, you know, people out there are watching, but it was like, they were, they were sort of short films, weren't they? It was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And he did the same with, he did that thing with Disney as well, didn't he? Captain EO or something, which was like, yeah. a, 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 like a short, like a proper short film, like 20 minutes yeah. long or whatever. Yeah, yeah. All about, all about a few songs. <laughs> I wonder if when someone, and, and this kind of touches us to another plane. I don't know where you are on this, but mm. When, you're, when one is so committed to a kind of creative realm, right, mm -hmm. you sort of get so lost in it, so immersed in it at times. Not always. Sometimes it's, you're not immersed in anything. It's just, you're just writing absolute rubbish. But other times you're really immersed that you do feel part of something bigger. Now, my personal jury is out on what that bigger is. People will describe it as different things, the muse, God. I have absolutely no idea, but something much bigger. And I think when someone is committed to the craft, those, like, for example, Michael Jackson's ideas, you know, the longer films, I wonder if that only comes to people who are fully in it. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, that's, that's a good point. I think... Um... I definitely understand what you mean when you say you feel like you're part of something bigger because there's this whole idea that even if you influence just one person, that that person might influence someone else and that person might influence someone else. So, you know, anything that we do can can potentially, you know, be big in that sense. Um, whether people... That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Because I think that... I, I think if you if you're so the stuff that I've done in the past where I've done to make money, right? Mm. I have done those things. I've, I've I've done the network marketing. Right? I've wanted to. I've had a young family and wanted to suddenly up it. And so you're so you're now just doing it not for the passion but for the money. All the things I've done for money have bombed. I haven't really been that committed to them. I'm not. But by the way, I'm not frightened of money. I enjoy money. Right? That's the whole purpose of Buddhist millionaireship the creative side and money. It's not one or the other, right? It's, it's the middle ground. Mm -hmm. But the things that I've been into just for the money have crashed, right? Absolutely burned. And I've never really got into it. And then the other stuff I've done creatively just have, have come out like there's something bigger supporting me. Do you, are you um, a faithful guy, a religious guy? Are you, what's your views on all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely religious. And when I think about, you know, it's like the Buddhist millionaire, you know, uh, uh, ideology is like, even though you're, f if you're fully immersed in something and you're, I mean, I definitely, do, I, I, now that I think about it, I think we do come through with those breakthroughs when we're fully immersed in something, mm -hmm. because if we're com constantly distracted, then it's very, very hard to, to go a little bit deeper into something. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of how I, how I felt, you know, when I started, I think I was I was a lot more fully immersed in it, and that's how the ideas just came kept flourishing. When I am fully immersed in that state, just amazing, amazing ideas just just come come to me, and I just I just jot them all down, you know. And then I sort of it's like it's like when you're writing and you just write loads of loads of stuff, and then you end up you know cutting cutting half of it out. Yeah, so yeah. That, that sort of happens to me when I'm fully immersed in right in in what I'm doing. Um, and the religious side to it is is very important actually because I am I mean, I'm a religious person and. 
when I when I do something, can, or can when I you, ask what your what your religion? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Muslim. Yeah, I'm yeah. Muslim. Yeah, because as you know, I'm living here in Amman. I'm, I'm in a, yeah. I'm in a, a Muslim country. So no, I've just you know, and I, I I took part in. Do you take part in? I'm not sure. I don't know. Ramadan. What the term. Yes, yeah. uh, because my neighbour um, uh, he came over and the, just just the passion in his eyes about it. I was like, that is something I'd like to experience in your country. I, I mean, I'm not, can I say loved it, but it was a very, it was a very important time. I enjoyed it very, very much. So it was really interesting. Yeah. Very, yeah glad well, I, I look forward to Ramadan every single year. And, yeah, he and said he does. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, it's like, because I remember, I remember hearing this in the podcast episode, actually, when you're talking about how, how he was, he was, he was, he, he was looking forward to like thri- thriving. He was thriving in it. That's and it. I feel exactly the same. Yeah. Like there's something about, because I sort of tend to structure my days. Okay, lunchtime's here, dinner time's here. This is when I'm going to fill up. This is when I'm going to get my, my my boost of energy again. My stomach's going to not feel hungry anymore. And when you just get rid of that, and you know you're going to eat at a certain time, but throughout the whole day, you're not going to you're not going to touch any water. You're not going to touch any any food, um, and you're not going to eat them and or drink them. Obviously, uh, it's it, it it just takes that that thought, that idea, that what am I going to eat? All those kind of thoughts. It takes that away from what you're thinking about and then it, it helps me focus so much on what i'm doing and i always find i'm more productive in ramadan because of that um it, which is kind of weird because you think oh you've got less energy i and agree stuff. With you. i absolutely that's exactly what i found and in fact now that we've finished what have we been finished three weeks or so or two, two weeks yeah. two weeks i haven't really ret- I, I i have put my water back through the day because of course we're up to like at the moment it's 50 degrees we've got a bit of a heat wave an early heat wave but mm. I've pretty much kept that system. It's made a massive difference. I've come down from kind of, uh, I've come back to my old school fighting weight. I'm back to 73 kilos from 78. And I, I feel I feel really good. But you're right. It simplifies the amount of stuff that you go, oh, now it's time to stop to eat. Or yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that, that's, that's just like bringing us back around to, you know, when you're focused on something, you do tend to be fully, you're fully immersed and you think of these just very, very deep ideas that can be transformative and that that's why you know um when you're dreaming for example you you have these very very deep and ambiguous thoughts and i've always thought that dreams are like your first your fir- your brain's first attempt to to solve something solve a problem or give you a thought that's very very complex that your conscious mind just just can't contemplate because it's so focused or maybe it's not focused but it's still got this stimuli all around it and when you're sort of closing your eyes and you're in a dream you're not you don't have all these other stimuli around that your brain can literally focus on all the stuff in your subconscious that aren't um, th- that are troubling you in a way so yeah. i always find in my dreams you know th- there's some piece of information in this dream that my brain has been trying to figure out and there's a there's a seed of of a solution in there somewhere yeah 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 so yeah. I, when i when i when i do try and work i do try to keep that focus it's, it's very hard of course because we've always got distractions left right and center um and I don't know about you, but you know, if I, if I'm in a state where I know I need to sort my act, you know, get my act together, I turn off my phone and I'll turn it off for like the whole day. And I'll just realize just how, how, how relieving that is, you know, to have my phone off for the whole day and get rid of those distractions. Um, I I notice sometimes, and I don't like it in myself, I notice, and again, because you're self-promoting all that one self-promoting all the stuff, you can very quickly get into going through that, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email check. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email check. You've done that like 12 times like some addict, oh right? God. And then you go, what have I just done? That's that's yeah. like dangerous stuff. No, I agree with you. I do this thing as well, which um, I share, and I don't know if you've heard about this. I think, again, 
Now, Joshua Sprague, I got it from, called the Pomodoro Technique. This is about focus. I don't know if you've heard of it. I've heard of this. It's cool, man. I, I, for you who are listening, I, this is really useful. So I, it, it, it can be used for anything, but I particularly find it helpful when I was starting to write uh, novels full time. Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. Um, I don't know why, but it's cut into four. Maybe tomatoes are cut into four. Who knows? But anyway, what the work is, 30 minutes on, un and I actually set a timer. So everything is off, right? 30 minutes. So in this instance, writing. Five minutes off. And, and you take that five minutes. An actual, you get up, you leave the workspace, get a coffee or I don't know, whatever, right? Come back. 30 minutes on, five minutes off, 35, 35, right? So it's four sessions. So at the end, you've done two hours of solid, focused, undisturbed work. My first two books, in fact, three, because the first one was almost a total rewrite because my agent hated it, um, was that. And now I'm in that behavior, I can get through books, not, not easily. I'm not, I'm not gonna be cocky and suggest that, but oh man, it made a massive difference to focus. Brilliant technique. Oh, I'm definitely going to try that then because I've I've had that referred to me by a few people now. Yeah, okay. And yeah, and and the output sort of speaks for itself. You know how you how you're showing how how much more productive you've become because of it. Yeah. Uh, just imagine how much it could help. It could help me and it could help everyone else who's listening. Who definitely. set the timer? Set the timer though. I found that because then you're not looking for it. It's just it's there mm -hmm. when the bell goes off. And also, what I had to do in the early stages, I made the mistake of working through it. I was fully in there, right? thinking oh, I'm still going. I think the break is important because as you know, you mentioned about dreams. In mm. the break, you get these kind of, the, the better thoughts weirdly come in that five minute break. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it also, it, it reminds me of this thing that I read about Leonardo da Vinci, which was like, he, he uh, there was a day for example, once where he went, he went up the scaffolding of the last supper to, yeah. to, to paint it you know and he touched touched the, the the canvas once and he realized you know what i need to he just literally touched it and he went he went back down and people said why why you have you've done nothing and he said sometimes i need to be distracted i need to take a walk i need to do other things just so i can you know take my mind off of this and then it'll come back the idea for i think it was like the, the face of judas or something like that the idea will come to me uh when it comes to me but i, I need to just i need to take a breather a little bit um and this is advice that i've received like throughout like my you know my growth when i when i first tried to figure out what i wanted to do in life yeah. you know there was this there's this guy called abdul el sayed who was he was running for for mayor of um of michigan um okay. recently but back then he was like a biology biology he was my biology teacher and he's from the states as well okay and he he, he gave me some keys to success you know back when i was like 16 or something and one of them was this it was literally if you've got a problem just sit back from it for a while yeah. and come back to it when when you're you know when you've got a clear clear head and then you can start approaching it from different angles because it's so easy to just get you know get focused on one thing and you know you just just stay on that pretty much so that's something that i definitely do i like to just take a break sometimes yeah, I agree with you. I actually, I, actually, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. The problems that you use to solve plot problems or chapter problems are exactly the same as you would use to solve a business, a tech problem, or even a relationship, right? They're the same things. What I've taken to in the last few years, just as you say, kind of stepping away from it. But I also then literally write down in a journal what the problem is like for it. I mean, I, I kind of do it as a bit of a question. Please, could I have the solution to, I don't know, 
chapter four, whatever, right? And then I leave it, same stepping away, but for something in the, for me anyway, in the actual it coming out of my hand feels like there's a connection between me and who I'm asking help for. Does that, you know what I mean? So strange. Yeah, no, it's so strange how these things work though. Like for once, one thing that I used to do like a long while ago, and I haven't done it in a while, but I just remember how beneficial it was for me to, to, to figure out a solution to a problem. Mm. Uh, I like emulated the Socratic method. So I wrote down, I, I invented a character and I, and I obviously wrote from one character and then I wrote from myself, you know, with all my limitations. And I, I wrote down what I was thinking. And then I had this like objective Socrates like figure replying back to me saying, but you can do this but yeah. you can do this but this yeah, is yeah, possible yeah. and then i was like arguing with myself on this on this notepad piece of paper and then i'd realize just how how limited my my mindset was on this and that that worked like that worked like crazy that's a, that's amazing and that reminds me of something that, which actually i i got my wife to write this note we were having dinner yesterday because i was thinking about this interview i've been thinking about this interview since we made it but that was just in my last preps yesterday and have you read matthew syed's black box thinking no, I haven't. I haven't. You have, you have to read that. If I was in England, I'd buy you one and send it to you, but I'm not. I, I can't, for some reason, I can't order it. International anyway, post- posted, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the time it's got there, I'll yeah. be home. I'm going to get it myself. <laughs> black box thinking is interesting in that it gets you to think out of the box, as it were. And it reminded me of what of your um, uh, Instagram messages of how you weren't looking to hide from the problem, right? No. You were looking to escape the problem. And Matthew side talks about, uh, for example, he, he two examples, the aeronautical example, so kind of planes and flying, and the NHS. This is not a slay on the NHS. I'm just talking mm-hmm. system, by the way. Anyway, in the NHS, it was a little bit like a, a, a boxing record. You're trying to, you're trying to protect... Uh, an undefeated record, right? That's the NHS. There was a lot of not owning up, not admitting, denial, a lot of behind closed door stuff, right? Um, which is why it hasn't particularly moved forward in the medical industry. Whereas in the aeroplane industry, aeronautical industry, very much like an MMA record, you, you're not expected to win all the time. What, what you are expected to do when you lose is to learn from it. And that's why the growth in plane, the safety is has been much better in the aeronautical industry than in the medical industry. And I found that, re- I mean, Syed does a much better job than I just explained. So anyone else, if you want to read that properly, get his book. But it's re- it was fascinating to me, that whole growth mindset rather than fixed mindset stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the, those, those, those phrases, growth mindset and fixed mindset, they're definitely, they're becoming so popular now. And uh it's, it's so important like I've, i definitely have a growth mindset and i think anyone who's successful needs to have this growth mindset yeah. they can't just i i don't like it when people you know embrace failure but like sort of welcome it you know you know, like we we're talking before about okay it's cool to be creative and and you know it doesn't matter what people think i i, I love what i do and that's going to keep me going it'll keep you going but it won't make you successful at mm-hmm. what you do yeah. and if success is one of your goals you know, like like we said before, master of the of, of mastering your craft. That's one of your goals. Then you have to you have to face those problems head on and know exactly what the problem is. And really, like you know, it's it's so hard to in- investigate your soul and investigate what your what your brain's thinking and and these kind of things. And honestly, not just in terms of growth, but also the stuff that's like preventing you from growing as well. One of the hardest things is to look back into the past at the things that that might have shaped how you behave today and think maybe something about that story I'm telling myself about my past is wrong. And that story that I'm telling myself about the past 
is affecting me now and preventing me from being who I could be. Because I've always really thought, you know, point. yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I've always thought that there was something that there was a time in my past where I was, even though I was, you know, like when you're young, there's a certain boldness, there's a certain boldness to you. You don't really, you think you're so arrogant. You think you know everything when you obviously don't, <laughs> but you feel, you feel like you're, you're truly yourself. I've definitely had that moment. And if someone, you know, who's listening hasn't had that moment, that's cool because it means in the future, you can experience that moment for the first time where you feel fully yourself and fully authentic. And there's unfortunately there's stuff that happens to us in our past that make us feel less than what we thought we were and they tend to have you know permanent effects and um like what this, like what, what what would you i i completely agree with you but what mm-hmm. because you're still you know what would you what would you say those things are all kinds of things like you know like if it's a little if it's a betrayal for example if it's disloyalty you know if you had a friend who then you know, is disloyal to you in some way and, and, and your friendship breaks off and stuff. And you think to yourself, wow, what was that friendship? What did it actually mean? Was I nothing? Was he nothing to me? Like, was our bond not actually what I thought it was? It's those kind of things that make you question, you know, um, you know, who you are as well. And then you start, your behavior changes and you start becoming a bit more, a bit more, you know, cynical about things. That's just one example, of course, you know, there's, there's tons of examples really, but you learn as you get, as you get older. And I found, I find that sometimes retelling the story of your past is definitely easier um and that involves getting as much information as possible so one of my one of my approaches to 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 to, you know trauma of of the past but also with products and you know trying to improve what i'm doing is always try to try and get as much information as possible because if you have as much information as you possibly can then you can start thinking about um why things are happening and you don't there's there's no cloud anymore you should always try and get rid of that cloud of maybe it was this or maybe you know the the mystery element of it maybe it was this maybe it was that when you know exactly what it was you become wiser and you also become um more uh more prepared to deal with the future in a in a in a correct way yeah that is incredibly insightful i hope that doesn't sound patronizing because i don't mean for that to sound patronizing but that is incredibly insightful because that's right because i think we all come to the table whatever the table as i said work relationships friendships they're all the same table right just slightly different names on with layers of stuff that have happened to us kind of emotional scarring maybe now you know i'm not i'm not talking we've all been beaten to a pulp by our parents or whatever i'm not i'm not saying nest and not necessarily scarring but some people may be right for some people maybe mm, of course yeah but we come with those things which make us a bit cynical and doubtful and the thing you said there that i really love is to question or get as much information about it as possible i'm reading this stuff called uh, by byron katie it's mm-hmm. it's interesting actually byron katie had a she was i remember rightly she had a nervous breakdown was on all sorts of drugs and stuff just completely lost it and had kind of a bit of an epiphany she then framed it through mm. Buddhism, but you could frame it through anything. Anyway, wh- why it just sparked, that memory just sparked, is because she came back out of that, saying to herself, of whatever came into her mind, is this true? And just as you say, the more information you get, you know, you start to go, ah, oh, my brother, he, he dissed me, you know, he stole my girlfriend 10 years ago, I hate him. Is that true? Well, no, actually, we've broken up. Anyway, you know what I mean? Once you start to add information, the scarring stops because if you just find out you were wrong or you don't have enough information to improve, that's very insightful. That's important to do, right? 
it's so so important yeah and and then you start you, you start becoming a bit more compassionate as well because okay you're you're annoyed at this you're annoyed at your friend for cheating on his girlfriend let's say and you think how the hell can my friend do that but then yeah. you realize you know if you ask him why he did it or if you ask her why he did it maybe maybe the relationship just wasn't meant to be they were having troubles maybe you know and, and then also you look outside of that and you realize loads of people you know are driven to cheat for example and it's very sad that this happens but it's true um it's it's it's, it's sort of a, a fact of life that people do these kind of things so why why is why are people acting this way and then suddenly you don't feel so personally hurt you start yeah. to think okay, you know this is this happened because um because maybe this is just how they were raised this is what the examples that they were surrounded by and then this all helps protect you from from the stress you know so this is why when it, when it comes to like building friends for example um i'm not so caught up on the on the emotional side which i which i definitely have been because this is not like my first digital product i've done other ones in the past yeah. and i know how uh, personally affected i've been from things yeah. you know not working exactly how i wanted it to and then yeah. i i gain information from it and i try and figure out how to make it better so i definitely think we should be a bit more forthright with everything that's coming towards us and try to be as methodological methodological as we possibly can like you know it's it's very easy to just to, to think about it in the way we want to think about it but i think we should try to push the boundaries as much as possible and that does take a very big sacrifice of ignoring of ignoring your gut instinct which i hate saying because i love the gut instinct so much <laughs> i love it so much i follow i follow my gut so so much but um i think sometimes i'm a big believer to- in i'm a big believer in gut i, I have to say but I, I know but you're right there are times when you just have to sit down and do the pomodoro technique through the grunge i get it I, <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there, but you, ha- you have to. And the growth mindset would definitely d- definitely encourage you to keep going that way. It's like if you get into a habit of always thinking negatively, you will end up thinking negatively. If you think start thinking positively, slowly, but slowly, but surely you it'll be it'll become like your you know your default to think in a positive way and that's what i'm always trying to do i'm just looking at this this notice uh on my notice board which says be positive there is always a way around any obstacle and i and i try to remember that as much as i agree with you but but what i like about you though is is that you're not because that can quickly be saccharine right and this is one of the things with the the buddhist millionaire that's why we have the two terms it's not kind of new age I'm a tiger, you know, like five for eight. Uh, and, it, and, it's, and it's not just kind of killer money. It's got to be both, right? It's got to be creative and, and spiritual or religious or whatever, right? But it also has to operate on the financial plane, right? Because we do, we do live here in between heaven and hell kind of, kind of stuff, don't we? And I think, and that's what I like about your stuff. You've got that kind of essence to it, but you're also very, it's practical, good kind of practical stuff that, you know, people listening could go, oh, I I can actually do those steps. That's good. Exactly. And it's, it's so, it's, it's a bit easier for me to say it because, you know, my creative outlet is, is a, is a, is a business. It's like, well, I I suppose all of them are businesses, but mine's like a subscription platform where it can be a bit more easier to get, to get, to reach that level where you're financially okay. Um, So it's a little bit easier for me in that sense. But you know, when I left my job, like last year, um, it was, what was it? What were you doing? I was I was a project manager then. You know, last year I was a project manager, but before that I I did a stint as a product manager, um, yeah. which was literally what I'm doing now: digital products and managing them. Like then okay. I was doing apps, websites, games, that kind of stuff. Right. That, was, that was for a company. That was Motorsport Motorsport Network. Um, and then after that I I did project management for about a year, 
um, which was unrelated to apps, websites. It was literally just managing managing stuff. Mm-hmm. I did that. I did. I did those kind of jobs. And even though the product manager job, for example, was more in tune with what I love to do, which is manage websites and manage apps and services, I still didn't. I, I didn't feel like I was doing exactly and this is the creative side you know i didn't feel like i was making exactly what i wanted to make um so that's why i decided to go on my own path uh with with the project management you know it was it was extremely it was very dull work it was very dull work and i felt like anybody anybody who knows how to use a computer could have done it um now of course i could have transformed that and thought okay but i can be the best project manager i could possibly be but it didn't even though i could have and improved and taken on the growth mindset what I am in, what I love to do isn't project management. It's, it's creating, creating just in general, yeah. creating yeah. new things. Yeah. So I, so that's why I, I, I think the Buddhist millionaire whole ideology resonates me with, with, with me so much because it's all about doing what you love to do. And there's so many people out there that do want to do, wish they could do what they want to do. Yes. So many people, yeah. but they just don't have that your first question to me before was just so it was so important because it's like okay how did you break past that barrier because yeah. the goal should be to try and get everybody you know anybody who possibly can to break past that barrier and you know my my, my two answers from the from the, the start of this 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 chat um but when i left my job you know i didn't it didn't feel like it, it wasn't so methodological it comes back to the gut i followed my gut and i was brave enough to do it because i knew why i wanted to do it and i i did it and and here I am now, um, and I'm at at the least right now. I'm I'm happy, and that's definitely you oh, know how every story yeah, starts yeah, with yeah. the worst point and then a better point. Yeah. The worst point is is I was not happy doing the the, the stale project management job, and now yeah. I'm doing something that I absolutely love to do, and I'm happy to do it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I, nothing makes me happier to watch that in people, right? Um, and that's one of the reasons, you know, Buddhist Millionaire Podcast is incredibly selfish. It's about me being inspired by people I like to speak to. <laughs> I, just love, just I just love to speak to people who are like, because it's it's very nice to kind of speak with people. I mean, I'm very grateful that I had that in my life. And it's just cool to watch others doing it in their in their lives as well. And I have actually, weirdly, I don't know how that's come, but I have a few younger demographic lined up on these podcasts actually because that would be cool right can you imagine if you know we were we were taught this stuff i'm not not necessarily buddhist millionaire but what you're doing whatever in schools we, you know it, that that whole money doesn't grow on trees just be uh you know just be safe and sensible that was all out and they started getting people like yourself in right to speak mm-hmm. at schools and go look you know tech entrepreneur oh God, look yeah. that'd be cool man how good how useful an education would that be for people that's such a good idea that's such a good idea because i remember in school first of all we didn't have like you know there's so many coaches out there now which is so good because i think people do need coaches and they, they need that sort of encouragement and people get it from you know podcasts like this you know anyone who listens to it they're gonna they're gonna feel inspired by by your story by my story by whoever your, your guest story but in school i remember we had like a, an assembly speaker once who was talking about heroin and how her son overdosed from heroin and that whole presentation just because I was I had a young and impressionable mind it just I never I would never ever ever try heroin since that since that day when she talked about how much you missed her son oh god that scarred me and in a very positive way and I think if we do reach children you know at a young age and tell them because school is so geared towards the rat race the nine to five the and it's not really it really is 
Yeah. Not in a malicious way, though. It's, it's, it's like, okay, you can have fun. You can go, go towards your career. I think it's let down by the whole people who want to take a very unique path because the, the career to them isn't, you know, writing a novel and hoping that it gets, you know, having some hope that it gets, you know, a publisher or, or, or loads of readers. Yeah. It's more geared towards what company do you want to work in to, to improve your skills, which will work for a lot of people, but for, for many, it doesn't. And I never, that's such a good point because I never thought about that, but I never actually got anyone saying, if you're creative, follow your creative spirit. Yeah, no one said that. Start off by yourself. Yeah, start off by yourself. My generation, and, and I'm, I'm hearing it the same in your, no one said that. It was up to our yeah. parent or, or whoever, whoever was confident enough to say that. I had this great idea, which I'm going to share now. And if you nick it online, go ahead, because I haven't got around to doing it. But which was to go into schools with a thing called, because before I went into schools and taught martial arts in schools, we had a massive schools program. At one point, we had almost 800 kids in schools in karate programs. But it was martial arts for brain development. Anyway, one of the things I wanted to do was a thing called the Pocket Money Club, where an after-school club, right, where you go around and you basically are teaching entrepreneur entrepreneurship. But they start off, not real money. Well, you start with a little bit of real money, not, not a lot. And at the end, it's about who makes, or you just have to make a profit at the end of this school club after a term. And I thought that would be cool. And we'd ha- and you'd have guest speakers come in and talk about how they do it. But but it would teach entrepreneurship and, and how to kind of get up and do your own creative thing. It's good, isn't it? It's such a good idea. That's such a good idea. And I wish I had that in my school. We I do. I wish I had it in mine. Yeah, because we had what was it called? There's this thing called like um, oh, there was there was this there was this entrepreneur kind of uh, scheme for six formers in my school, yeah. and I can't remember what it's called, but it encouraged people to just start a business basically. But this would but, start it earlier. That's what I'm saying. We had a bit mm, of that. But it's yeah, like, yeah, much earlier. But but much earlier, so it becomes a sort of you know, okay, money's not just given to me by a boss who hands it over for some work that I may or might not be bothered. I can learn to create something which makes money. And of course, you don't, you don't have to be into that. Some people are very happy as employees and that's absolutely bang on fine. I have full respect for that, but I'm just not a very good employee. I've got too big a math, too many ideas. I just don't behave. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect like little like summary of why people, bite, isn't it? Why, why people like us don't want to work for yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah i I, to- I totally agree with everything said i think that's such a good idea that's something that we should that, that you know people should push push forward more uh, Hashtag teaching the young kids. Club. Uh, yeah put pocket money club but you know i'd also say it's not just about not just about the, the business side tip but more like you want to it could be pocket money club because they could actually te- technically make profit from whether they're they're writing a book they want to direct a film they want to write a film whatever they want to do um they should follow that because one thing that i really i don't like because my my school was very career focused i i spent my late teens trying to figure out oh god i feel so bad because everybody around me seems to have picked their career and i just didn't know what i wanted to do at that point oh, and i okay. think if if i had someone say what do you like to do what do you love um i would have then turned around and you know what i might possibly have said i might have said writer then because i loved writing then and really? i still do yeah. love writing oh i okay. love writing that's why that's why when i saw your instagram i loved how you how you're giving writing tips because it was sort of oh, okay cool. me each time, like oh I should, I should i should i should get to writing that book that i wanted to write um but i wish someone said that to me in school because i spent a lot of time oops i spent a lot of time delaying um what what i wanted to do because and i and, and i know it's very like you know very victim like you know no one asked me what i wanted to do so i never did it but i think in that in those kind of age ages when you're just told that you have to pick a you have to pick something you have a choice you can pick your career pick your career 
you're mm. not being told to pick your passion um and and then trying to go th- go forward uh. with it by yourself and that you possibly can take that road but podcasts like this you know the, the kids are listening to podcasts they are listening to youtube's videos uh instagrams and all these kind of things and we, i i definitely didn't have this we you know when i when i was when i was growing up so podcasts yeah, it's, like it's this. a different beast actually, and that that was one of my questions actually i wanted to speak to you about which you which you've yeah. spoken about there is that is when people um don't know yet what their uh kind of passion is or and or it hasn't necessarily been encouraged um you know what what would you say to those people i mean you've kind of just just hinted at it but if someone said well i just don't know man and you were that new career guidance thing what would you say to those people oh i would say i i would say first of all just simply ask the question what what do you what, what do you find an absolute chore you know is it maths is it is it science classes okay what part of it do you find a chore what part of it do you actually find interesting and then when you find out what parts you, you find that are interesting about each subject you'll start to come across like a, co- a commonality and this is a very scientific way of going about it but you it, it wouldn't feel scientific at the time because you're asking yourself personal questions that sort of enrich in your soul each time you you answer the question and you sort of find out more you know with with kids for example i i i literally i have loads of loads of little cousins and even when i say little cousins some of them are like literally a few years younger than me so they're like not little anymore they're in their 20s but they're, they're still just a little bit clueless and it's because and I, and I understand why it's because they've been they've been shoved a career down their throats that were that's managed by someone else um and I, I asked them what do you want to do and they would say things like okay I'll, yeah i want to i want to do an app idea i've got i've got one friend who wants to wants to be an actor wants to be a musician wants to be this and that which is yeah. which is which basically means you're you're a very artistic person which is flipping amazing yeah. um but but like I, I would just ask them prod them basically and ask them you know why and then and also how how are you going to do it and i think for me oh this is this is something that i've uh, that i found really important actually when i first sort of i would say you need to come up with a strategy with the kids or with the kid or with the younger person or whoever even if they're older come up with a strategy of how they're going to achieve that because when you figure out how you're going to do it it becomes so much more achievable and then it's, it's less of a hope and more of like you know of, of an ambition it's less of a dream and more of an ambition yeah. uh, something that can be achieved like for me th- the way that happened that manifested in me like personally was when i started when i first realized and i can't exactly pinpoint when i realized i love making digital websites or an app but it was something to do with how I bought this book called How to Be an App Billionaire. And at the time, you know, I was the, the billionaire side maybe, you know, triggered something like that's the it's not like money was the goal, but the billionaire is just no, so it's still nice, right? Who does like <laughs> but Buddhist millionaire, like it yeah, works, exactly. like it's just, exactly. it entices people. <laughs> Entice me as well. So this yeah. book, which was How to Become an App Billionaire or something like that, it was by a guy whose second name is Wachowski, um, George Wachowski or something like that. Uh, sorry, I don't know if that's right, but anyway we'll put i guess we'll put a link or something like that but it was a very good book and that and that made me like um that made me think in a very strategic way how it was possible to become this and then that is what pushed me further and decided this is this is definitely what i want to do or at least made me try and when i tried i loved i loved it more um so it's definitely the education part of it because we all know how i mean when i was when when we're doing our careers we all knew how to get into university how to study the right course and yeah. then how to get a job after the course all that all that information was laid out to us by the job people at school yeah, the yeah, job yeah. counselors at school but the yeah. whole idea of how to become an artist that was never in the discussion that how to become a writer never in the discussion the i actually love that i haven't heard that described like that before and i love it i love it even in my own book 
I didn't, I didn't describe it like this, and I wish I'd have added this. I like the way that you put about, I love this. What is What subject, you said, is an absolute chore? I love that. I hadn't thought of, I'd gone, what lights up your tummy, et cetera, et cetera. Right? You've gone completely opposite, which is genius. What is an absolute chore? What makes it a chore? And what do you like about it? That is a very, very clever kind of rerouting of getting around to your passion. I like that. I will be adding that somewhere. I, 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 that's a lot of books to try and slot it into the ones that have already been published. <laughs> we'll have to do a product recall. Product oh, recall, yeah. <laughs> add this to chapter 10. <laughs> Just a second revised edition. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But it's good, man, That's because that's genuinely yeah. good advice. And again, it kind of goes in with your sort of, you know, black box thinking, the Matthew Side stuff of adding information, not mm. running away from your responsibility and making it kind of, you know, symbolic and ambiguous, but actually adding information so that you can get to an answer. It's good. It's a really good, sensible tactic. I like that a lot. I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And it all, it all just stems, stems to trying to just be the best you possibly can be. And um, I really think that's, 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 the, that's the secret, really, to trying to be stressed, you know, avoid, like, insurmountable amounts of stress uh, because, because you, you just feel like you know what you're doing. And, it, and again, like, it's, it seems so, like, so, so macho. You're always in control and all these kind of things. And it's, it's, it's not the case that you're always in control. But I think as long as you try to always... Uh, always know what you're doing and try to get get the information that you possibly can as long as you're trying you're definitely going to be in a better situation than you were if you weren't um so so that's that's what i'd encourage people really that doubt um listen we are i have a couple of things we've been going almost an hour and a quarter i cannot tell you how much i've enjoyed this right but i just want to ask you something that's a little bit off the beaten track because of what you just said there about that kind of macho thing of being in control this novel that I'm writing now, they seem unconnected. They, they, I'll connect the dots in a second, but it's about, um, actually about uh, suicide in young men, right? It's a real problem, mental health, and particularly young men, big, big problem. And I've decided to take on this novel. And I just wanted to ask you about mental health and stuff, because you just said that about, you know, macho and being in control. Do you see that in your kind of world? What would what is your advice to people who are struggling? I know it seems unrelated, but it it really isn't. Mm. Uh, well, with the with the mental health side of it, I, I I think I think the stuff that we've talked about, which is embracing the information, is 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 super important. And the whole the whole macho thing, which is like uh, get a get a grip, or I I don't know, I I could say it right, man up, for example, man yeah, up's yeah. the perfect way, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to. Uh, are you allowed to, to swear? Am I allowed? To, I think I am, aren't I? Allowed yeah, to say? We're, like, we're all grown up, so we're okay. I, 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 right. I, I'll swear. You can say. <laughs> all good. All good. Okay. Well, I watched Gogglebox yesterday, and um, I think Matt Han they, they were watching like Matt, Matt Hancock in the in yeah. an interview, and one of the guys um, who was watching it commented saying, "Wow, you know what? I'm starting to like Matt Hancock." I don't know if you saw this, by the way. I didn't see it. No, no. All right. He said, "I'm starting to like Matt Hancock now because Matt Hancock was like before he was like pushed into a corner defensive, and yeah. he he just lost for words so much, so much because he didn't know how to say stuff. And in this interview, he just he 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 attacked the interview, which is Andrew Moore, who's like, "You don't want to mess with him." No, he, no. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah." He was he was like, he was saying, "You know what?" Andrew Moore was like, "Your data here. This is what the data shows about the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, what does this tell about your decision? This is a bad decision you made." And then 
And then Matt Hancock then turned around and said, well, your data here, let me tell you why it's wrong. You're, you're, you're framing this data in the wrong point. And you just went out at it. And the Gogglebox viewer said, you know what? He, I, I'm starting to like, well, the guy, by the way, is, 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 uh, is gay. And he right. said, I'm starting to really like Matt Hancock now. I'm starting, starting to find him sexy. And then he said, I, um, he said, because he, he's acting like he's got a cock and balls. And I just yeah, thought, yeah, to yeah, myself, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Phrases like, like he act like you've got co- a cock and balls and, you know, be, and, and, and be a bit manly. You know, that, all that stuff is just like, it's just a, it's just a, a, a hidden, a, a veiled way of just saying, be, be brave. Yes. And I think when it comes to, but mental health, it weakens you slow, slowly and slowly and slowly. Yeah, it's not helpful, is it? Completely... It's not that subtext isn't helpful because it's sort of suggesting that anything other than cock and balls is 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 wrong right and it just isn't helpful yeah. isn't it for someone going going through problems and that you're not enough and you know you're, you're at a state where you're so despondent and you've just lost all hope all courage and it's, it's so tough to get out of there um mm. I, I'm, I'm just trying to think what i i think what 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 would get you out of there is it's, it's so it's so weird because people say laughter helps um but I, I think it's just those little nuggets, tiny, tiny nuggets of positivity, which yeah. can help help get people out of that hole. And it's just like the build building more more positivity. We'll, we'll do that. Um, there's this there's this like analogy where where where, where this guy called uh, Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't Ernest Hemingway or someone else. <sighs> Sorry, I, I'm really bad with uh, names. No, just, but um, the, the idea is fascinating. The, cool, the, the idea, idea is it's okay. We can we could just make a name up. We'll we'll make our own new character. Oh my god, let's do it. Let's 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 do it. All right, character name, go. You're the writer. <laughs> I, I can't think so good on my feet. Right, the, the person who's about to say your wisdom is Bartholomew <laughs> Jeffers. Go. Jeffers. Oh my god, Jeffers. I love that. Perfect. <laughs> Bartholomew is such a posh name, and then Jeffers is like you know Jeffers. That's it, man. We're there. We're there. It's like a nickname. We've created a wise butler somewhere. Oh my god, we should use him always. <laughs> Bartholomew Jeffers. He said this yeah. really powerful thing, which was. He said, he said, um, what you plant in your mind will always return. So if you, if you plant in there, um, you know, negativity, then negativity will grow just like a flower. It will grow and it will grow and then it will spread its seeds and then it'll grow and it'll grow and it'll grow. If you plant something else like positivity or that sort of information seeking kind of mindset, if you plant that instead, then that will grow and that will grow and it'll become a habit. And that, that's basically how, how explained how habits are formed in the brain. Yeah. And I think that, that, that's the, that's the key to people who have mental health difficulties is to, try to find where that seed is where they can that they can safely plant in their head and let that proliferate and keep reminding them and reminding them and reminding them and eventually those seeds will just figure out figure out a way to grow on on, on their own um so th- that's what i'd say about me- about mental health because phrases like man up and just you know using banal um comments to try to lift their spirits is very difficult because they've lost all hope at that point oh, yeah yeah Listen, man, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm very aware of your time. I tell you, I absolutely, this has been one of my favourite uh, interviews, not really interviews, chats. I've loved every second of it. I absolutely, for you guys who are listening, we're going to watch this man, I don't know what time. Time frames, I can't guarantee, right? It's impossible, isn't it? I don't know. If you could guarantee time frames, how dull would that be? But I tell you something, we're going to watch for well, five, ten, I don't know, probably not more than that, years down the line. He's going to be an absolute success. I'm going to be knocking on his CEO door of his massive tech company. I'm going to be like this. Well, 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 
I'm that bald guy. I interviewed you ages ago for, and, t- and two couple of security guards going to throw me out. Go, get out, you old geezer. I'll be bald as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be bald as well. But seriously, man, um, absolutely fantastic. I can't thank you enough. Uh, really amazing. No, it's um, such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. It's really fun. Listen, I'm going to put all the links in to friends for the stuff that you're doing. Just just give us an update on where we are with that. Is that all, all bug free, ready to go? Is it it's all, all good? People can kind of get on the app now, yeah? Yes, it's bug free now. It works it works fully. Um, but we're making constant progress update, constant updates, sorry, feature upgrades and these kind of things. We're going to try and get app ready as well. So we're doing lots of things to make it better and better. So I, I think in about in a few months, it'll be at a very good position. It's still in a good position if you're, you know, it's, it still solves a problem if you're if you're hard of hearing or something like that. Or if you yeah. just want to absorb the information more or if you want to reference the material, like copy and paste Bartholomew, Bartholomew Jeffers's quote before that we <laughs> talked about the idea. If you want to copy and paste that, you can do that. Um, but yeah, all, all of that stuff is ready now and we're just making some fantastic upgrades and we're going to keep going. So yes, stay in touch. Friends is a, is a constantly developing thing and for sure it's going to go through various cycles of, of, uh, of, of development, but it's all good. No, Listen, you and me are going to stay in touch. I'm, I say I'm, I'm a, a friends user. I'm back on there and I, you know, I just want to, you know, just stay in touch for you listening Definitely. a real treat today. It was amazing. I, I tried to get as many guests as, possible primarily as i say the ones that interest me um but um Bilal has been absolutely amazing i'm gonna say it i say it every time it's become my new tagline but share this stuff it's not about me but it's about someone that you know is struggling and they're gonna um they're gonna learn and they're gonna be helped by what we're saying here so i will see you very 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 soon lots of love take care of your family and your friends and yourselves and i'll see you next time all right lots of love bye Thank you.